This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. You're listening to C-Suite Success Radio with your host and executive coach, Sharon Smith. If corporate success is your goal, C-Suite Success Radio offers you informative interviews with experts that will help you shorten your learning curve and accelerate your momentum to higher achievement. C-Suite Success Radio makes it simple and easy for you to tap into the wisdom of other successful business people who know the path you're traveling. If you're ready for success in corporate America, welcome to your new home at C-Suite Success Radio. And now, time for your host and C-Suite executive coach, Sharon Smith. Welcome to this week's episode of C-Suite Success Radio. I am your host, Sharon Smith of C-Suite Results. Each week we focus on success, a word we all know and something we strive towards, but not a word that's easy to define. All of our topics and guests are aimed to help you achieve the goals you've set for your organization and for yourself as a leader, but more importantly, to help you accelerate the pace of your success. On today's show, we have Jeffrey Hazlett, primetime television host of C-Suite with Jeffrey Hazlett and Executive Perspectives on C-Suite TV and business podcast host of All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett on CBS's on-demand radio network, Play It. Jeffrey is the chairman of the C-Suite Network, home of the world's most trusted network of C-Suite leaders, and the author of three best-selling business books. He shares his executive insights and commentary on television networks like Bloomberg, MSNBC, Fox Business, and C-Suite TV. Let's listen to the conversation I had with Jeffrey and learn how he defines success, and the lessons he has learned to help you gain the edge you're looking for. Jeffrey, welcome to C-Suite Success Radio. Well, it's good to be here. Thanks for having me. This is really exciting. I am excited because the show is focused on success, and having you here today is a real honor for us because you you have quite a background and, and quite a successful history that I want you to tell listeners about before we jump into the meteor part of the call. Well, I, you know, the, the most thing I'm the most successful about right now is just being a grandfather. But outside of that, you know, That's awesome. uh, yeah, I bought and sold over 250 businesses in my career, over 25 billion in, in transactions. I now host two television shows on a, a digital network. I used to be a primetime uh, host on Bloomberg. I've, of course, been a judge on the Celebrity Apprentice for many seasons as well, and and then I have um, that's on. And my new shows are on the C-suite C-suite TV, uh, which is our digital platform, and over the top television network. And then we also have um, I'm a host on All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, which is on hosted by CBS and our C-suite Radio. And mentioning C-Suite, that is how you and I met through the C-Suite Network, and it's really an exciting time for the network, doing a lot of new work and great things that I really believe our listeners would appreciate hearing more about because we've got a lot of people who are going to be tuning in that are in that C-Suite or aspiring to be in the C-Suite, and I'd love for them to hear from you what the C-Suite Network is. Yeah, well, the C-Suite Network is a network that targets C-Suite executives, and we're the most trusted network for those executives. So just think of LinkedIn on steroids, except you have to be invited, and you've got to be so so tall to, to you know to to ride the ride. So we're looking for executives that are over five million in size, that are a VP or higher, and then we kind of put a red velvet rope around that group and and protect it from outside elements, so to speak. So we give a trusted place 
for C-suite executives to gather for, for as a community, and then also we feed content to that group so that we're better serving them to be the most strategic people in the room. We have conferences and meetings, uh, hundreds and hundreds of meetings now. And then we also have a concierge or services. So we feed up special services for each of those executives as well. And then it's served by, you know, C-Suite TV, C-Suite Radio, C-Suite Book Club, soon to be an academy. Uh, and then we have the C-suite advisors, which are the most is the most trusted network uh, of advisors to the C-suite network. So these are folks who are trainers and coaches and speakers and authors and thought leaders and and you know larger consulting groups that serve that C-suite to help them be the most effective leaders that they can be. So it's people like yourself, you know, and and many others that have agreed and have been vetted and have been recommended and have been researched and we say, yeah, they're good enough to be in the network. And so um, uh, that's what we do. Yeah, I'm absolutely honored to be part of the network and be part of what you're doing. It's been really exciting from the beginning and meeting you in New York last year and meeting other advisors that you have cultivated this group is amazing. You've got some really top-notch people involved right now. We're excited. Um, Yeah, you know, these are folks, some folks I've known for decades, some I've just met, but again, you know, each of the advisors is has been vetted and recommended by other C-suite executives. So, you know, the best people that know who to serve the folks that are going to serve are the folks that, that are being served. So, um, you know, just like I, you know, if you have a person like myself who eats out a lot, ask the ask a person who eats out a lot where exactly you should go to dinner uh, when you're in New York or in my hometown of Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And I'll tell you, these are the best places to go. Um, and then the people who know you can say, hey, look, this person's a really would be a very good fit for you. When you're looking for a coach, you're looking for a trainer, you're looking for a consultant on whether it's be HR or or image, you know, branding. Um, how to speak better, whatever it might be that, you know, from time to time executives need. That's great. And I'll make sure that our listeners have access to all that information and how to find you and the C-Suite Network within the show notes, because I think there's a lot of people listening who could really gain a lot of value from what you're putting together. Well, we'd love to have them. And I wish I had known you when I used to travel to Sioux Falls for work. I would have loved some restaurant recommendations. It's not that big a town. <laughs> well, come back, you know. I will, in the summer. Yeah, it's probably the best time to go is in the summertime rather than the winter, although this has been a great winter. Um, And unfortunately, I wish I could say that I've been home more than I have, but I've just been traveling a heck of a lot more. But I was was home over the weekend, and it was 60-some degrees, and it was fantastic. Nice. I always had the pleasure of going to Sioux Falls in the winter. I always had a client engagement every winter in Sioux Falls, so I have enjoyed the winters there. I would love to come check it out in the summer. Oh, it's a great place. It's a, just a be- it's a beautiful place to live, a beautiful place to be from, and a beautiful place to have people come and see us. One of the reasons that I'm really excited that you're here today is because of your radio show when you were talking about all business radio. You've done over 100 episodes. You've interviewed a lot of CEOs and executives, and you get to go behind the scenes with them and, and learn about them. So what I would love to start with today is having you give our listeners an idea of what you've heard as the most common theme around success with these CEOs that you've had the opportunity and privilege to speak to. Uh, you know, I, I do. I do. Thank you very much. I, you know, I get a great uh, opportunity to inv- to interview some of the best and brightest in the world. I mean, I got Steve Forbes, uh, General Wesley Clark, Penn Jillette, uh Kevin Jonas. I got. I mean, I have everything from rock stars to magicians to to you know four-star generals uh, on the show and, and captains and titans of industry. I even have 
even some startup people. I had somebody who's in the cannabis business here recently, and I just also had somebody who grows crickets and they make flour out of crickets. What? Which is, yeah, go get it. It's not, it doesn't taste bad. It's kind of cool. And it's kind of cool, the concept of what they got. So and I happen to watch it. I saw him on Shark Tank. I said, oh, I got to get this kid on. And uh, so, it's, you know, I got a little bit of everything. But here, here's the, you know, two themes that really pop up a great deal. Um, one is focus. You know, um, I call it in my book, Think Big, Act Bigger, The Rewards of Being Relentless, because it's not the lucky win. It's the relentless that win. You know, there's every once in a while someone wins a lottery, but that's few and far between. If if your financial plan includes winning the lottery, you're in trouble. You know, um, yeah. but and 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 one of the things that I wrote in my book was I call it killing squirrels, and and what I mean by that is in the book or in the movie Up, if you remember seeing that movie, the Up, absolutely, with, uh, yeah, it had an Ed Asner character and. And this young scout, and they went on this adventure to Paradise Fall, and they run into Doug, the talking dog. Well, Doug was outfitted with a collar that his evil master had given him that allows dogs to be able to speak, and by you know it reads their thoughts. And so you know Doug was this really friendly dog, and ran up to him and said, "Ooh, you're I'm Doug, the talking dog. I, I I think you smell like vanilla, and you've seen very nice person." And all of a sudden, you look away and you yell, "Squirrel." Because he got distracted because he's a freaking yep. dog. That's what dogs do, right? <laughs> so and, do many of us. Yeah, exactly. So do most <laughs> of us. We shiny object, shiny object. Oh my gosh, a new leadership concept. Oh, a new acronym. Ah, let's jump. You know, boom. Uh, oh, social media. Um, you know, and so we get distracted. And so what I find is that we got to kill squirrels. You know, so instead of saying squirrel, 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 we need to need to ignore the squirrels and we got to get back at the task. So, you know, one of the key things that I find is these people who are very effective, and I think I'm one of those people as well, is that we have the ability to say these are the things that I got to get focused on to get done, and we have to kill squirrels. And I fight this all the time myself. You know, I get so busy, I get hundreds of emails a day, you know, hundreds of you know hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of of incoming tw- Twitter messages or, tw- or retweets of stuff I do, um, or social media and LinkedIn. I mean, just uh, literally over, you know, quite frankly, over well over a thousand a day. And and I just don't have time to get to it all. And I wish I could, but I don't. And you have to decide and have a way in which to get very focused. And so what are you doing each and every day that gets you refocused? That's one. The second is always, 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 always the biggest theme is around people and having the right people with you. And and, it, and it's not an easy thing to do because, you know, as we start off as an entrepreneur, we go through stages and each of those stages, the first stage is, you know, one man or one woman band. And and then we move to devout followers, you know, where we just grab people who fill the void and plug a hole, not necessarily are they the best person for the job, but because they happen to be standing there, we grab them and, and we utilize them. And then, then the third stage is then in moving to what we call, you know, skilled technicians and practitioners and professionals. And so finding the right people for the right job. And so it, it's always around people and managing people is where I is one of the big things that we typically I, I see as a theme. So focus and people. I love that. And I, I love the movie Up and I often find myself going squirrel and saying the word out loud. And recently Definitely didn't coin the term, but took shiny object and said, there's something more to this. There's a shiny object syndrome. 
There's something yeah. that, you know, and there's got to be a cure. So now I want to know more about how you stay focused or get refocused every day with those thousand messages coming in and everything, everyone who wants your attention and wants your time. How do you stay focused on the priorities? Because it's not about managing the time. Time is time. It's about knowing what your priorities are and focusing on them. How do you do that? Well, what, so what are the pri- what are your conditions of satisfaction? So what are your mutual conditions of satisfaction? So as you a leader, you have certain things that you must do for the organization. What are those? If you're mm-hmm. if you're the chief marketing officer of the company, I can tell you, when as been, having been a former chief marketing officer of a Fortune you know 100 company, but also you know led marketing or sales for numerous companies, they always five or six things. It's always about okay, it's increasing revenue, it's in, increasing margin, you know, it's increasing brand value, it's increasing customer satisfaction, and then usually they always had some goal around me getting along well with others. You know, I didn't do too good with that one, but the other <laughs> one I was always pretty good at, you know, because I tend to be a, just a, a cowboy. So I tend to just, I, my job is to get stuff done, give me the air cover, and that's what I do. And if you want, you know, lots more teamwork and you want a lot more kumbaya, you probably should get somebody else. Those are, those are my conditions of satisfaction. So those are the promises that I had to the CEO. So, so then if you're the leader of the company, what are your promises? Well, I got to have enough funding. I have to help, um, you know, clear the decks so that we can get to scale that we need to have. So, so what are those and, and make a list of those. And then those should be the primary things that you're working on. If, and if the things in your calendar that day don't fit to that, then why the heck are you doing them? Perfect. I mean, it's just, it's really that simple. So, so look at your calendar today and just say, are the things that I'm supposed to be doing today leading me to where I need to go for tomorrow or the week? Look at the week, you know, Absolutely. even start thinking about coloring those things, you know, if you yeah. wanted to on your, on your Outlook calendar or whatever calendar you're using. So that says these are, you know, these are things I should be doing. And if I don't have enough of those I'm doing, then what are you doing what you're doing? And from a calendar perspective, I believe in, in blocking out the time to specifically check the email or check the messages and not always going back and forth, back and forth. And I don't like having, I don't like having notifications come to my screen or to my phone or anything like that, because there's a time and a place for me to focus on those. And if I stop what I'm doing, every time a message comes in, it takes that much more time to get back and refocus on what I was doing and I lose momentum. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to, you have to find your way of doing that and being able to hand it correctly and, um, you know, and find a cadence with it. I call it, you know, uh, that cadence. I actually talk about that in my last book as well. Um, and think big, act bigger, the, the cadence, what's your cadence? What's the energy of the group? You can typically look at a, you know, like when you walk into an office, you, does it look like a West Wing episode? Does it look like a CSI? Does it look like a, a Downton Abbey? You know, what are those, those cadence that you can kind of see? And that, that's an interesting it's an interesting piece. The other thing is, to, you know, what's the mood? I think mm-hmm. mood's really important. A lot of people talk about culture. I don't. Um, culture is something that develops over a long period of time. I, I'd rather focus on mood. That's interesting because mood is something that's going to be more in the moment and more controllable. I would think. Yeah, and and I think it. it you know, how many times have you been to a, a great restaurant but they were really snotty? You didn't want to go back. But how many times you've been to a kind of a crappy restaurant? It's not food's okay. It's not done great, but the service was impeccable and the people were really friendly and they were nice and and it made you want to go back 
right? So, so, but you remember they get the food, right? So what's the difference? Well, it's the mood. It's the way in which they in, interact with you and engage. So to me, that's a, that's a pretty big deal. You know, if you're on a flight, flight's a flight, but if the flight attendants, you're hearing them bitch and moan about having a wait on you or, or do things or they're, they're complaining about their job. I mean, I've sitting in the airlines before where I've heard the flight attendants talk about how bad it was to work for the company on time. Well, what does that make me want to fly on them? Yeah, it, it feels like the mood is the atmosphere that the people that are not part of the company really feel or the people, like as you're saying, the, the, the restaurant, people coming into the restaurants or, or the person on the plane, they're feeling the mood that is coming from the employees that is a result of a culture that has been created over a long period of time. Uh, or just of incidents over a period of time that creates that kind of, yeah, culture. Yeah, I agree yeah. with you. Yeah, yeah the, yeah, the culture is I think the culture, the intent of the culture, I don't think anybody gets up every morning and says, I can't wait to be stupid. I can't wait to do a shitty job. You know, um, right. but I do think that that's the result sometimes. And it's because of the way in which we we tend to lay out the things that we should be doing and how we do it as a leader and then getting people rallied around those things. I, again, conditions of satisfaction. Absolutely. I like the term conditions of satisfaction. That's really cool. I like that a lot. I would love to know, we're going to ask you now to define success though in your words. So we talked about what you saw theme-wise from CEOs and executives that you've interviewed and, and things you've seen and heard from other folks, getting focused and having the right people with you. And that might be part of your definition, but success, like right now you said being a grandfather is one of the big pieces of success for you, and that's fantastic, which means success doesn't always have to tie to job or money or, or something materialistic. For some people it will, for others it won't. It might be a combination, but so many people – don't really stop and define success and they're living by someone else's definition, but then, and they don't know why they're not happy. So I really want to encourage our listeners. And one of the things I'm here to do is to say, you get to define that for yourself and then you get to live by those rules or those, those conditions, right? Those mutual conditions of satisfaction once you've defined success. So tell us a little bit about what success is for you personally and professionally, well, I, or if they're both. No, I think it, I think I think it's in four areas. I think there's success in family, and I think there's success in friends. I think there's success in 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 your business or your your um, your occupation or the way in which you make money and do 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 those things. I mean, because it's for each of us, it's different. And then I think there's success spiritually as well. So to me, those are the four balanced areas of your life. And so I tend to have things around those areas, right? You know, like so for like friends, like, okay, my success is really determined by who's going to be the people that are going to carry my casket when I'm done. That's my friends, not the people that are all following me on Facebook or the 603,000 people on Twitter. I think they are friends. I love them. I thank you, but you're not going to be the people carrying my casket. So that, you know, that would be the Lauren Lazarus. I, I call it, so overall, I have three rules for success that I kind of follow. And that is, one is I got to build wealth. Um, because that's how we keep score. Now, how much do I need? I don't, you know, how much do we really need to be happy? That's the, each of us got to define our own rules around that. But, you know, you know, how much can you take with you, so to speak? And so there's a, there's a figure that I like, uh, that I I want and so forth. But but really it's so that I can go back and buy a brand new tractor and go do what I want to in my home place in South Dakota. So that's a different thing. So but so it's about keeping keeping score, so building wealth. The second is I like to do things that are interesting so that I learn from them. 
and, and, and mentally challenge me in some way or sometimes physically challenge me. And then the, the third thing is I want to have fun. You know, I wake up every night. I go to bed every night hoping I'll hurry up and sleep so I can wake up and get going the next day. Awesome attitude. That's, I love a, it. that's a great way to that's a great way to go to work, you know, and, and that's a great way to work. So so I would define my success in each of those four areas. So what's my friend's success look like? What's my business success look like or occupation or things that, you know, I want to do in life around my vocation, my vocation, I guess would be the best way to describe it. And then the, the third is my, my family, you know, um, am I a good father, am I a good husband, am I a good cousin, am I a good brother, and am I a good, you know, grandfather and so forth. And, you know, in some days I would get good grades and some days I wouldn't. So I got to keep striving probably to do a better job. And then the, and the fourth area is in spiritually. I think you need to define spiritually where you want to be, whether it's whether it's with a God or whether it's with the earth or whether it's with whatever you think is the way you want to be spiritually. I love it. I like that you have four and not just one one definition yeah. that's supposed to encompass everything. And I think that's great for people to realize that success can be in many areas and, and some can be working better than others and there might be something that needs more focus and something else. And, and it's really about being at all balanced. Yeah. Well, I think that's the key word that you just used is the balance. You know, uh, life's like a teeter-totter. And I, I learned that when the big guy, like me, a big fat guy, gets up, gets up on the teeter-totter and you're on the other side, a little small petite thing like you, and you, you get on the other side, I'm going to send you into orbit, you know? And, <laughs> and so things are out of whack. Things aren't balanced. That's not good. So if I'm always down and you're always up, right, that's not good, Right. So, so you have to balance things in life, and anytime you have balance in life, it's a pretty good thing. Well, you know, I call it. I call. I love tension. Tension, tension creates equi- equi- equilibrium, and that's a good thing. Tension creates equilibrium. Very cool. Yeah. I love these conversations because I get to write down new sayings and learn new things, and every everyone I talk to, I learn from. So this is what I love doing. Oh, I, so me much. too. I mean, I you know yeah. I do my my interviews on CBS Play that it and C Suite Radio for my show All Business, and uh, you know I did two interviews today, and uh, you know I talked to a, a buffalo rancher who who raises buffalo for a living, and I and then I talked to a doctor in Ireland who's uh, trying to bring asthma or an asthma and allergenic. Uh, Allergy standards, allergenic standards, I don't know if that's a word or not, but, but uh, standards for allergies uh, to the country, which is kind of cool. You know, so, and then what the business is around that, and, you know, so, it's, I, so today I learned new things. It was awesome. Yeah, I like listening to your, to your show. I was listening to some of your episodes recently, and you have so, such diversity in the folks that you bring on. It's a lot of fun to listen to, and it must be a lot of fun to do. Yes, and some of them are kind of a pain in the rear end too. You know, I mean, there's a guy that that, that did the uh, Goldman Sachs overheard in the Goldman Sachs elevator. He was a trader. Wrote a couple books about that industry, and oh, what a sleazeball that guy was. And so I wanted, I told him, I said, "You're the only guy I wanted to punch in the throat." You know, so you know, every once in a while, you you get some of those too. So it's like, okay. So, but even when you deal with assholes, it's okay because it tells you there's good people in the world, and that's and that teaches you too. So. When you know what you don't want or what you don't like, you know more about what you do want or you do like, and you can refocus yourself on working towards what it is you want. So whether it's something doesn't go right in business or in life and, and you go, oh, I don't like that. That didn't work out so well. Great. Because now you yeah, know. Don't do that again. I wanted to know the best piece of advice you've ever been given. Do it do right. Do it right. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, and hard work is, you know, my, my mom and dad used to say this all the time. It's hard work because it's called hard work. 
Do it right. And, you know, it's not easy to do the, you know, it's just not easy. Because if it, you know, if it was easy, everybody would do it. And that was, that's that's the kind of stuff they'd say to me all the time. And it it just sticks with me. So there's lots of times I'd like to rig something up on their, on their, on the ranch or the farm or the home place or, or it just holds it together. But then I got, no, I got to take this fence post out. I got to redig the hole and put it back. Somebody drove over a sign that I have a property where it's, you know, do not come past this point kind of sign. And someone hit it with a car. And broke it, so I temporarily this weekend uh, opened it up, put a put a piece of stake in the middle of it, and re put it back on. But it's just a temporary hold. But then over the, and then I reordered the sign. You know, do it right. Yeah. And and my and my wife just said to me, she says you're gonna have to redig that hole, aren't you? And I go, yeah, because it took me six hours to dig that hole. So I'm gonna have to redig that hole. Well, that's just. But I gotta wait. Now I have to wait because the ground's frozen, you know, where I live in South Dakota. So I'm gonna have to wait until it thaws down so I can dig down into it. So yeah. And doing it right in the business, that can also be something that is easy to sometimes say, oh, yeah, we'll just cut this corner or that corner. I think it usually comes back to bite those folks in, in the ass, you know, at the end of the day when we get the yep. recalls or something happens. And people get found out when they, when they cut corners. So doing it right in the first place may take a little longer, cost a little more, but it's always going to be, it's gonna, always going to have better results in the end. Yeah. It doesn't mean you have to do it all right then. You can do it in stages. There's lots mm-hmm. of different ways to change it, but, but you're exactly right. And then information you wish you had known before, something that would have made I don't know whether it was life or business smoother, an obstacle maybe that you could have avoided. And obstacles are good because we learn from them, but if there was one thing you had known before, you had started out on on your career and all the things that you've done, for someone who is just starting out themselves, if we have someone listening who is on their way to the C-suite and on their way to being an entrepreneur or on their way to whatever they define success to be, what is, so you, you shared with us the best piece of advice you'd ever been given. And of course you could repeat that piece of advice for them, but give us something else. Give us something that you wish you had known before that you want to tell tell our listeners today to, to think about. Yeah, I'll give, I'll give you two real quick. One is just do it faster. Okay. Do it with great, do it with greater speed. Why not? Because you can. So whatever it is, just do it faster. You know, we think, oh, it's got to go this way. No, it doesn't have to go that way. Do it any way you want, you know. doesn't mean it's got to be right or wrong, but it's your way, but but do it faster. That's one. And then and were, the second piece relates to the first piece, which is which is somebody asked me. I was at a big celebrity event where somebody was asking me about monetization and so forth. And I was up there because, you know, we built our brand at a multi-million dollar brand of the things that we do and the C-suite network and my TV shows and the podcast and so forth. And so with that, somebody said, well, Jeff, what do you do when those little voices in your head tell you you can't do it? And this was a very well-known person. And I said, what are you talking about? He goes, you know, those little voices of doubt. And I said, what voices? And he said, wait a second, Jeff, those little voices of doubt. I said, I don't know what you're talking about. He goes, well, what do you do? I said, well, I stopped inviting those voices to dinner a long time ago. And and my point is, quit worrying about that crap. Quit worrying about those little doubt. Everybody's got that. Don't. And I had a woman last night I was with uh, talking about this. She said, you probably don't get this as much as a man. I said, what are you talking about? Men get this as much as women. We just ignore it more or just blow past it or, or ignorant to it. Maybe that's the other word, too. So so my point is to quit listening to those little voices. I love what you said. Stop inviting them to dinner. That's fantastic. And yeah. Kind of a great piece of advice because you're right. We, everyone has, has those voices of doubt or whatever you want to call them, the gremlins in your head. And, and some people are much better and faster and at getting rid of them or not inviting them to dinner. And it really is can be. 
I hate to use the word simple, but it really can be that simple as saying, you know, it's not real. I don't believe in it. Go away and move on. Well, and, and, and it's, uh, it's always, it's probably not as simple. It, it, it's, it's a straightforward way. It's not always simple. We know that because we probably all would do it a lot faster if we did, um, because we all have to fight the demons that we've got, you know, or self-doubts or whatever. But my point is most people just don't care and you can do it. So go, go, go do it. Yeah, absolutely. And I was thinking simple from simple versus complicated versus um, easy. So easy, it's not easy. It's easy. is not easy to do simple versus something that would take a lot of complexity to do. So, you know, bad choice of words on my part from a, from a semantics perspective, but agreed, agreed. It's not something that is easy to do for most people, but it's something that when, when you are able to do really does um, move the ball forward much faster. Yeah. All right. One more question. I'm going to let you go because you have given us so much of your time and I'm so grateful for that. You as an author, obviously are also going to be a reader what is your favorite book or give us two books on the subject matter of either leadership or something along the personal development line? Uh, well, there's a, there's, a, there's a hunting book I love to read called The Old Man and the Boy and The Old Man and the Boy Grow Older, which is about relationships and taking care of the people that you went to the dance with, all right, and how we can learn from, from the people who are so around us. And it doesn't necessarily have to be the captain of the industry. It could be, could be a butler. It could have been a... Uh, um, you know, a guy at a gas station could be, a, you know, your grandmother. And the fact that we need to pay attention to more of that. And Bob Bodine talks about this. He's a great author out of Dallas and on the board for the Texas Rangers and a good friend of mine. And he, he, he writes about the power of who. It's a, the who we know. Uh, but, you know, the books that are in my library and that I read each and every year or I, I refer to often, and one of those books is How to Win Friends and Influence People mm-hmm. by Dale Carnegie. Now, uh, old school. I like The Salesman by Ogmandino, Think and Grow Rich uh, by Napoleon Hill. Yeah. Um, you know, these are, you know, Norman Vincent Peale. Uh, I like going back to the old school uh, guys and gals and getting my inspiration, and that's what I do all the time because uh, there's nothing really too new that's uh, that's been invented. It's all there, and it's just a matter of the interpretations of it. So to have something give you a fresh view on it and a fresh look at it, uh, that's the things that I do. And, you know, the other thing I love to do is I love to listen to great storytellers too. So I mm-hmm. everything from people like Jerry Clower, which most people wouldn't know, um, you know, though he used to be the mouth of the South that tells a good story and the way in which he tells it to, to you know, to Brian Tracy and mm-hmm. so many others that have, you know, walked Zig Ziglar. And, Zig Ziglar is what uh, I was just thinking of when you said that. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Well, there's a new documentary out on Zig right now, and I'm trying to get for our TV show. Uh, for our TV network, but yeah, there's there's so many. I I find it all the time. I, you know, even I I was at a thing in New York the other day and was watching a speaker, you know, in, in, a, in a small networking group, not more than thirty people, and I'm, you know, watching what to do and what not to do, and right. and I think that's what you can get the inspiration. It's all around. You just got to open up. You got to be you got to be aware of what you're not aware of. Lovely. I love that. Aware of what you're not aware of. It's kind of that idea of no. You know, I don't know what I don't know. Yeah. And it's yeah. kind of weird when you say that, but it is true. And once I started, you know, it's like being a hunter. 
you know, when I'm when I'm hunting, I'm I'm on constant. I'm looking here, or there. I can see. You can almost your peripheral vision gets to be so good you can almost see behind you. What could you be doing each and every day on your own personal development, professional development for your business, for your love life, for your friendship, for your for your spirituality, for what you know to be a better grandfather, to be a better person that you could do that would make you be more aware in the situations you're in to become more aware to be better at what you do. I mean, I, you know, the other day I, f- I found myself for last night again, uh, thanking, uh, thanking Alexa. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be a nicer person. Here I am thanking Alexa. She, she doesn't pay any attention to that. Does she say you're welcome? No, she doesn't. Would you, she doesn't. I, if I, if I if I if I say Alexa, thank you, then she does. But after when she's done giving me the information, like I asked her what the weather was in New York today, and she told me, and I said thank you, and then she didn't say anything. But, you know, That's they should build that. Funny. That's yeah. funny. Well, I sometimes talk to the GPS on the car, so I get it. <laughs> Technology has become part of our life. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I wish everybody's license plates were their telephone number, so I could just call you up and tell you to move. <laughs> well, you know that they'll answer the phone. It's right next to them on the seat. That's perfect. That's really funny. Well, I really appreciate having you here today. This has been wonderful. I definitely encourage the listeners to check out C-Suite TV, C-Suite Radio, uh, check out your show with All Business Radio, and so much more that you're doing out there. I'm going to make sure your information and all of that is available to everybody to check out, and we'll get this um, we'll get this aired and transcribed for everybody. And I really do appreciate your time today, Jeffrey. It's been such an honor having you on the call. Oh, thanks. Thanks for asking. Absolutely. We'll do it again. All right. Thanks for listening today. Tune in for our next episode. And in the meantime, you can get more resources at www.c-suiteresults.com. Make it a successful day. Like what you just heard? Visit c-suiteradio.com. C-Suite Radio, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.